I uh, want to share with you some word from the Bible. Well, uh, you know, my, uh, my uh, sermon has a title. Uh, it sounds like this. Following the crucified Messiah. I mean Jesus, of course. Following the crucified Messiah. What it could mean for us believers. And now it's good time to think about because it's very important Holy Week. And all of us are called to think about Jesus, about what he did for every one of us. And you know, following crucifying Messiah, it's not just something of one choice or one decision of one day. This is daily, every day, daily exercise of our faith. Every day we are called to prove that Jesus is actually number one in our hearts. Every day. There are no vacations in this walking before the Lord. So, following crucified Messiah means every day abandon our selfishness, abandon our desire for prestige, abandon our desire for position, for power, just follow Jesus every day. And, and uh, this is Bible truth. Uh, please open with me in your Bibles. Uh, Mark chapter... Uh, 17, verses 24-25. This is, these are famous words, famous verses. Matthew, oh, excuse me, 16. Matthew 16, verses 24-25. And then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You know, one day I was born again. One day I have chosen Jesus. One day I leave it behind me, my own selfishness. Uh, my own, um, I don't know, proud, my own uh, understanding of life, of what I should do, and I have chosen Jesus. I put him just number one in my heart. It was once. But, you know, when you became a Christian, became a, a follower of Jesus, After this exciting time of your first days in in Christ, you gradually start to understand that you need make the same choice every day. Every day be ready to choose between me and Jesus. And every day answer challenges which we have in our lives. 
And just to prove this simple idea, uh, uh, I will read you some story about uh, disciples of Jesus. They have the same problems as we are. And this story is written in a bit later than we read just minutes ago. Uh, Matthew 20, verse 20 up to 28. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 20, verse from 20 and, and, and further. Then came to him, to Jesus, the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he, Jesus, said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You know, not what you ask. You are able to drink of the cup that I shall drink, often to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, they say unto them, unto him, we are able. And he said unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it's prepared by my, of my father. And when the ten, the rest of disciples, heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Well, more or less known story. And let's try to understand what motivated uh, Salome, mother of these two, uh, two brothers, and John and, um, and Jacob to ask this Pharaoh of Jesus. Let's try to understand why they did so. You know, uh, this conversation between Salome her, uh, her sons and Jesus uh, took place almost at the end of Jesus walking over the earth, right before uh, his death on the cross. And during three years, Jesus demonstrated unique ministry with so much miracles. He just quiet, uh, apostle, uh, disciples saw him quiet storm, walk on the water, heal lepers, uh, just 
return people from the death even. All kinds of miracles. And all of that was on eyes of John and Jacob. Uh, they were with Jesus from the beginning. Three years they saw what Jesus is doing. And I think they had no any doubt about who is before them. They saw too much to have some doubts. In the same time, uh, you know, in the same time, uh, they, uh, John uh, and Jacob, were two from three most close disciples to Jesus. Do you remember that? These three, Peter, John, and Jacob, only them were invited to see how Jesus was praying for Jairus' daughter and she was resurrected from death. Only these three, Peter, John, and Jacob, were, were, were had the privilege to, to be with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you remember that? So, John and Jacob were most closest disciples to Jesus. To Jesus. Even more, we know that John was most, how to say it, favorable disciple. Yeah, Jesus loved him, maybe more than, than other, because Bible call it call him loved disciple, loved student of Jesus. Well, so this family, Salome and two of her sons, really were very uh, known among Jewish disciples, uh, among Jewish, of course, but Jesus' disciples, and they were, how to say it, in high position among those disciples. And they uh, really enjoyed real love of Jesus to them. Even more, they were known not only among, not only, not Christians, but it was not a good word for, by that time, but not only among Jesus' followers, but also in Jewish society as a whole, because Bible said to us that John was known in the home of high priest. So who, if not John and Jacob, really deserve this high position which one was requested by Salome from Jesus. So possibly these were thoughts of Salome and her sons uh, when they came to Jesus. Who if not us, you know? And by the way, the similar topic, similar discussion was just recently, right before this one. Uh, let me read. You may not open, just follow me in my reading. It was in chapter 18, from the first verse. At the same time came the disciples into Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Who therefore small humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So they discussed already this topic. And they have the answer from Jesus. Why Salome and her sons want to raise this this problem again. If, and even more, you know, just very recently, 
Jesus was saying to them about his coming soon sufferings and even death. Why they rise again this question of something to get from Jesus right before his coming suffering? Maybe it's even terrible, huh? Why they are so selfish? But you know, don't blame on them. Because we have an answer in, in Gospel too. I, I will not read, but just trust to me that, that both Matthew and Mark and the Gospel, they, uh, they stress, they highlighted that Jesus was telling to his disciples about his coming torture, um, terrible death on the cross. But they were, unable, was, were not able to understand, not yet. You know, it's so difficult to understand for, the, for every person that Almighty God, who rules over the whole universe, will humble himself to the position of pitiful, mocked, and cruelly punished criminal. They could not understand this at all. And we could not blame on them because even today, knowing what happened with Jesus, having New Testament, uh, hearing a lot of sermons about Jesus, reading a lot of books about Jesus, for us difficult to completely understand what Jesus did on the cross. Actually, he took punishment, he took sins for all the world on himself. How it's possible at all? Actually, by his terrible death on the cross and his glorious resurrection, he stopped terrible flight of the whole earth further and further from God. He tormented the whole history of humankind by, by his immeasurable sufferings and unbelievable efforts. We could not understand this in fullness. And these disciples, John and Jacob, they even, by that time, they even did not know about horror of cross and joy of resurrection. They did not yet pass through this. So they completely had no idea what will happen so soon. But what that they understood for sure, that Jesus was real Messiah, HaMashiach, as we said in Hebrew, uh, this Messiah, this one, which one we were waiting so long, that he is a king in the heavenly kingdom. And he has authority there. And he has a right to put people on the right and left hand. So I think they just wanted to guarantee their future position. Nothing else. It's not very noble, but so understandable. Huh? And, you know, to be honest, we don't know for sure why they asked, requested this uh, this. Uh, Maybe not very good um, um, favor. 
but it's look, it looks like it's not very noble. It looks like they, the last thought in their mind was that to follow Jesus means to share in his suffering and to forget about selfishness. You know, um, this, this, uh, um, we can call this motivation very simply, just striving for power. It's not for sure, but looks like. And this motivation, this desire for position or desire for power is very strong motivating factor. And, uh, because of this motivation factor, people in the world, I mean, uh, are doing incredible stuff. They are ready to kill each other just to go high and high, to keep, to keep himself, uh, themselves on top. This is really terrible tool of Satan this motivating factor, to be in power, to be in good position, to be prominent. And what is the pro- For example, uh, you know, maybe Joseph Stalin, it was a leader of Soviet Union. He is very known of his terrible desire to stay on top. And he made unspeakable act of barbarism to keep himself in this position. He killed more than 20 million people for that. So it's really something very strong, which moves people to do something incredible. And, uh, you know, the problem is that this motive are not, this motive is not absolutely absent in the hearts of believers too. Isn't it? Oh, if it, it would be like that. We still are human. We still have our own old, hidden, maybe, uh, flesh. Yeah, how to say it? Old person. We have this uh, in our hearts. Even Iman ministers to the Lord. It's really a problem. And, and there are a lot of bad motives to go ahead in ministry. Not only desire for power, not only desire for high position, but also, for example, desire to, to be worthy, to prove that uh, my own worthy, my own... Um, my own self, uh, self, how to say it in English, I don't know. Do you understand what I mean? My own self-sufficiency, you know. Is it a good word in English? Self-sufficiency. Many, many, there are many, many bad factors that sometimes move myself uh, or anyone in Christian families, you know. And of course, there are some good motives to do our ministry. For example, love to Jesus. The Bible is full of good motives. Love to Jesus, love to the people, desire to be slave to the Lord, desire to make good to, to everyone, 
a lot of good factors, but there are also bad factors. And by the way, John and Jacob, they were, of course, people who has good motivative uh, motivations to serve Jesus. But not only, this is the problem. And you may think maybe that, so it's easy. Let's forget about bad motives. Let's do our ministry in church only because of good motives. No problem. But it's only easy to say, but not easy to, to, to do. And, and Paul, Apostle Paul, explains this problem very, very, very good. So I, I will read for you. He wrote in, 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 in his, uh, in Romans uh, 7, verse 19 and 24. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Let me read again. For the good that I would, I to do not, but the evil, evil which I would not, that I do. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Well, there are conflict of interest inside us. You know, and if person uh, take care about that, if he has a time of prayer, for prayer, to understand what is really moving him to do this or that, or maybe he has a good idea to go to, to his spiritual teacher and ask advice, or just open the Bible and see what happens in similar situation. In short, if person taking care about his own motives, motives, no any doubt, this person will be controlled by God's will. But if not, if this person even doesn't know about conflicting desires in his heart, oy, 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 this is danger. You know, if there is a, uh, okay, if man owns two dogs, which one will be stronger? That one which he feeds mostly, isn't it? So, if person is, has a desire to take out his full motives from darkness of hidden heart, from his subconscious, he will be in success, no problem, because God will help him. Paul wrote that we have a victory in the same passage. We have victory in Jesus Christ. We can overcome this problem of conflicted desires through Jesus. But we should take care about it. This is the problem. And don't forget about that. Every day. Because every day we have to, we have to meet with challenges from, from life. And we should choose between me and Jesus. And by the way, uh, Salome and her sons, they made a good choice. How to get rid out of false motives? You know, Jesus accept, receive our labor despite even bad motives we are moving. But during this ministry, Jesus helps us to see our own problems, our own drawbacks, 
our own false motives. And my, my deal is just to answer to that in the right way and to choose between me and Jesus. And for example, when Jesus uh, explained it with very big patience to Salome and her son that they are wrong, they accepted this uh, and they have chosen Jesus instead of themselves. They just forget about, they just forgot about the desire to sit on right and left hand and they went ahead. It's what we are called to do. There is one more example of such a right choice. Remember Abraham. One day he was faced with the necessity to sacrifice his own son. What he did, he said, yes, sir. I will do this, despite evident problems with this right choice. Let me give you a bad example of that. Not always we, we are successful in these choices. Remember rich young man from New Testament. Jesus faced him, uh, give him the, uh, the um, challenge, me or your or your richness. What he chose? Richness. Not always we are successful. But I want to point out the problem. We should deal with it. We should manage our own heart, our own false or good motives to be sure that we are really doing something for God and not for ourselves. Let me give you one example from, from uh, modern life. I, I, I was familiar with one very talented young Christian. He was a worship leader in, in, in one of the biggest and growing fast uh, churches of Moscow. Uh, and uh, he has a small conflict with pastor, uh, then bigger conflict, and then he gradually stepped down from ministry. You know, probably... Probably, I don't know for sure. His motive, because he was young, you know, his motive of ministry was to be prominent. And when he faced it with the conflict, he chose his own uh, selfishness instead of, for example, he could humble himself, said okay to pastor, and go ahead, as we should do, as we are called for. But he was not able to do this. He said, okay, no, I'm right, pastor is not. And, and, you know, this is just step by step, day by day. In this case, with this young guy, it was bad direction. Step by step, day by day, further and further from God. And his end was terrible. He, uh, uh, you know, he became more involved in, in raising business in Russia. It was in the 90s, uh, just first years of, of freedom for business. And he was really successful in that. And he became prominent in another field, not in church, but in business. And he became attend church less and less. Forget about ministry at all. Even attendance was less and less. Finally, his family moved to the United States and he ended by terrible death, crazy death. He just dropped his telephone uh, in the water, bent to pick it up, slept, and, and broke his neck, you know. Something terrible. But 
it was a long way to this end. A long way to negative side, step by step, further and further. Another good example. Uh, not Rush, he is actually Ukrainian. Christian writer. He, it was Second World War. He was liberated from concentration camp by American troops. And he decided to go back to Soviet Union. Uh, when he found Soviet troops, Soviet troops founded New Testament in his belongings. It was forbidden by that time because we were uh, in communist ideology by that time. So they, Soviet soldiers, Soviet leadership, they tortured, they, they ordered him deny Christ, just believe in Stalin, you know. He denied to forget his savior. He was a real Christian. And they started torturing him. Just up to the moment he will deny Christ. And it was, it was day by day, just we will stop immediately as you will say, I am not anymore believer in Christ. Just one phrase and you will be free. He was strong. Finally, they acted like they were going to shut him. Just preparation for death. It was not, not reality, but he didn't know about. And, but still, he was ready to be with Christ up to the death. And finally, it was a miracle. Soviet uh, leadership, they saw they cannot break him. And they just let him go to USSR. They even gave him education and a job. And he was able to carry good news in, in Soviet Union despite all difficulties. Praise the Lord. He has a good motive. Yeah, praise God. He has a good motive to serve. And he, he, he made a good choice. It was difficult, like Abraham with his son. But he, Jesus was with him. Jesus helped us. So, let me at the end read you one more time this call from Jesus. Call who is directed to every one of us. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Following a crucified Messiah means exercise our faith every day, making our own choice between me and Jesus. Amen? Thank you very much for your attention.